show filled with epicness, insight, and comedy rages. Welcome to We Love That Podcast. I was just going to say it was the dumpster fire, to be honest. That's a great right way to begin. That is, that is the beginning. Yes. That's a good beginning, Adam. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of We Love That Podcast. Hope y'all's week are going, is going. Hope y'all's week is going great. My name is Paxton Pritchett, along with Adam Heldenbrand. Say hello there, or... No? You must say hello. What in the Heldenbrand? Yep. What am I supposed to be talking about? Are you supposed to be talking about? That's right. <laughs> we have... Our friend Adam Heldenbrand. We have Garrett Burke. We do. And we have none other than Parker Pritchett back with us again. Hello I'm so there. glad. Yes, hello there to you too. I'm so glad like this is the second episode in a row where we're all four here. That's like super duper cool. Hope y'all enjoyed our Obi-Wan Kenobi review. I know what we did. It's pretty fun to make. Mm-hmm. Really fun conversation with some a good comedy rage. Partly we through. did. We had a good rage there. That was good. I was impressed. I know. Like you saw, like on this uh, <laughs> little squiggly line that talks about the volume <laughs> and how loud it's getting. It just went like bursted up, <laughs> so loud like that. I would almost call it a comedy riot if I had dubbed it. Adam has come mm. up with a term called comedy riot, which in Adamic thought is where uh, <laughs> comedy rage exacerbates into a comedy riot. Into a riot where you're turning <laughs> over tables and. Flipping chairs. Is that part of it, Adam? Yeah. Turning over tables, flipping chairs. Or you're just you're laughing and having such a such a riotous time that you, a just have to be destru- you have to be destructive in some way. So can can nothing good come from a comedy riot? Oh, everything good can come from a comedy riot. <laughs> a comedy riot can only produce the finest of moments. The finest of moments. Now, no, wait a minute though. Wait a minute. Yes. There are times when it doesn't, and we know that from. That's experience. true. Comedy so rages. That show we did. So, okay, so let's let's uh, let's sit down. We let it cloud our judgment. When we let a comedy riot cloud our judgment, that's when it's we get. All right, children, this is story time. Me, Parker, and Gary at one point used to be puppeteers. We did, and we, did. we thought we were good at it. But for one of our puppet shows, we our let first a, one. Was, our first one was a success, really which well. we'll talk about the, the the horrors of sequels in this episode, of course. We will. <laughs> but after uh, our first one, we got into a comedy rage in the in the script writing process for the second one, and it turned out to be a bust. It was a bust. <laughs> at least it, which. Partly with because audience, of technical difficulty. The audience wasn't. wasn't I feeling. think the only people who could actually discern what was happening in the second skip, <laughs> skip was us. <laughs> the audience had no idea. They laughed a little bit though, and also yeah, the camera malfunction. Remember the whole. We were breaking out the special yeah. effects, and it didn't work quite. <laughs> Justice League. We should have had ILM help us with the we special have. effects. So today's episode is a very, very special episode because we are settling it. Okay, we probably won't really settle it, but there is an ongoing <laughs> epic conversation Even that's almost as settled. epic as, like, the big truth. Like, you know, there, there's there's medium-sized conversations. Like UK versus Louisville. Like, like UK like versus media. Louisville. And then you have conversations a little bit up the ladder, like, that's who's true. a better president, you know? Uh-huh. But then, at the top of all that, the most undecisive, yet decisive, divisive, and any other word that starts with D, is the conversation of did Disney Ruin, botch, botch <laughs> Star Butcher. Wars. Butcher, ruin Star Wars. I a t- mean, a toxic conversation to be sure, but a welcome one. 
Yes, a very welcome one. You know, because we all have those conversations in our free time. You know, you walk out of episode seven, you're like, yay, that was great. Then you watched Rogue One, you're like, yay, that's great. Then you watched, well, you walked out of episode eight, the third film they made, and you're like, boo. Yeah, a lot of people are like, boo, this is terrible. And then you forgot episode nine came out. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, so in this episode, we're going to settle it. Disney bought Star Wars back in 2012, and a lot of people say they ruined Star Wars. But a lot of people also say they love it. Like, a lot of people love Star Wars at, under Disney. There's some Parker. good stuff. <laughs> Adam said he will poke a little fun on you today, Parker. So I do apologize. I would be worried so, about him. Other people. Yes. Why are you done with Adam again? And, like, the day that Adam stops Anakin poking Adam. fun is like, Get it? yeah, oh, totally. It's totally. over, Anakin. <laughs> Adam killed But, yeah, so we're just going to just talk about the sequel. We're all going to give our thoughts on the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. That's kind of the magnum opus of divisiveness on Disney Star Wars. But we're also going to talk about the other, you know, shows and things. Because they made a lot of stuff under Disney's rule. Yeah. Some good, or well, actually most. Some yeah. better than we'll others. We'll get to that. Well, most bad, than some good. So today we're going to both critique and defend a little bit of the Disney Star Wars content. Most of the phonetics going to come from Parker, though. I, I don't know. I have a little bit of good I stuff I mean, there is, there is good stuff. But well, anything good come from Garrett's mouth? Not the movie. You will see. You will oh, I can't see. wait to hear. I've never heard Garrett's opinion. I mean, I've heard his opinion for years. <laughs> not, but I've heard. You haven't, you haven't heard a full, yeah. detailed dissertation. Yes, the dissertation. We're, this is your doctoral dissertation. This, this is my chance to really lay it all <laughs> at the jury's feet. Yes. Like, Garrett, does your opinion really matter most of Not really. I mean, I am the most use, useless one here, so. Yeah. No, y'all ha- y'all can take all of my. You opinions know, I say that jokingly, right? You does say. No. <laughs> like, does most say of the time, I'm just like, yeah, Garrett. I love how you put most of the time in there. Yeah. Like, most that one most of the time. Where you believe that he is useless. <laughs> yeah, on you, the man. part about his death is true, but. Yeah. Then, my death will not be fully useless. <laughs> Anyways, we, we mean that in jovial manner. So, we're, we're going to first talk about the sequel trilogy. Did Disney ruin the sequel trilogy? You see, George Lucas began work on a sequel trilogy of Star Wars. He made the original trilogy back in the 80s and 70s. People loved it. Then he made the prequel trilogy that talked about the rise of Darth Vader and the Empire. And uh, not everyone loved it, <laughs> you know. A few at people like, yeah, at the time. Like people today, like they were my age, we grew up watching it, so we love it to death. And we look totally past its, what we, many would call flaws. But... Not one, then, one of them not being Obi-Wan. Not yeah, being not being Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan then is perfection. We had the sequel trilogy. And I wrestle a lot with my feelings on the sequel trilogy. Because on one hand, I don't like to be a hater. But on the other hand, there are some there are some flaws with it. And there's stuff to talk about. And the most important flaw... Should I start with, at first, the sequel trilogy as a large? Or do uh, each episode first? I'll do each episode first. Okay. So let's start with each episode. First off... The fact that they kicked out George Lucas from the making of them shreds me to pieces. As a man, I love visionaries behind stories. Like, I think we'll talk about, this will probably come up later, Zack Snyder making the Justice League movies. He was a visionary. He knew what he was doing early on. Like, when you watch the second installment of that series, he never got to finish it, but you can tell he knew what he was doing with his vision sequences and things like that. But in Star Wars, we don't see that. Honestly, probably could go back and watch the Snyder Cut. It's good. So, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. I mean, I'm going to talk about something good and then bad. Good, 
is close to my heart. I remember being 15 years old, 13, I'm sorry, years old, and it comes out, and it was while. about recapturing the magic of Star oh, Wars. You know, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Leia were in it. I, These people that I, I've loved since my childhood. And seeing clips and images today, like, excuse me, yesterday I saw a video, or the day before yesterday, I saw a video of someone hating on it. But even as they show the montage of clips from the movie, I legitimately was like, dang, this sends me back nostalgia to when I was just a kid at Christmas time when it came out. But what's the bad of the film? I utterly dislike how similar it is to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope from 1977. I mean, instead of moving the story forward, like George Lucas would have done, he would have moved the story forward, but instead it just plays the same story over again. It's like on repeat. And that's just not yeah, the way I, I like it. Something that, that basically what, what, one of the neat things about each movie was they only visited different locations mm. in the original trilogy. And I was like, huh. this, this is too... And it was too similar to the prequel. Children did not follow no. that. No, Coruscant was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but, but we love Coruscant. Yeah. we do. So, like in Episode Seven, though, like epi- the, the original trilogy is about the reestablishment of the Republic. You know, the rebels are fighting for freedom. This is one of your big pet peeves. Oh, it's one of my big pet peeves. Seven. And then what happens in Episode Seven? Instead of us getting to explore what the new Boom. Republic is, they're like, "Yeah, let's just destroy it," and they destroy it for no reason. And I'm like, I mean, it's probably still there. Just no, they they just about fully got it. I'm like. Dang it! I wanted to see what this was about, and then think about it. like, it's the same story. Like you have a resistance versus an empire. Instead of having something totally new, you have the same thing, and then you also have it about a droid who has plans for something, and there's just there's other things in there too. Killing off the the father the figure, older, you know, yeah, almost father figure, and having a Death Star, having a Death Star. And what ruins it is when someone says, it's just another Death Star in the movie. And you're like, oh, dang it, it is just another right, Death Star. It is, it, 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 like in episode nine where he says, it appears that Palpatine has returned. Somehow, no. Palpatine <laughs> has returned. But we pity Oscar Isaac for having I'll be honest, to deliver that. Even though, like, for me, I would so much rather have them have gone a totally new direction. But they didn't. <laughs> but even with its flaws, I'll give it that it sets up a decent trilogy. Like, it does. It's a good, like, we walk out of there having questions. Mm-hmm. What's this? What's that? What's going on? But we still have questions to this day. Yes, exactly. That is, <laughs> that yes. is the problem. Yeah. Yes, Adam. And it also <laughs> set up a good villain. Yes. I mean, so st- no... we still don't know how and Luke's lightsaber got back and stuff, which is I think that's like probably the biggest question I have. I mm. They said they talked about it in the comic book. I don't think they did. I think they did. Not to mention this trilogy treats that lightsaber with the most reverence. I know, and they only tell you how they got it. And they don't even spend the time to... to Another story for another time, she says. Actually, it's technically Anakin's because Anakin's the one who made it. That's right. It's Anakin's lightsaber. Can can we just all agree on that? Just a side note here. Let's all agree. It's the Youngling Slayer 9000. That is the original heritage of that lightsaber. So why didn't when Luke held it for the first time go... Terrible things have happened with this. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, joking, but it is also true. Basically, Very true. moving on to Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, what's good about it? A lot of people, this is the film that really made everyone angry and go into a storm. This was the buzzkill. It, it, it was the really buzzkill. So the good thing is that it's pretty epic. It's edge-of-your-seat roller coaster material. Mm. RJ, Ryan Johnson, is not a crappy director. I mean, I love the way this one video pointed out. Just watch Eyes Out. It's a great film. He's good. So, but what's bad about it? 
is that it absolutely insults the world building of Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens. You know, it makes everything that you asked in The Force Awakens, like who's this evil bad guy named Snoke? Who's the First Order? Who is Rey? The Last Jedi does none of it. Answers really none of them in a good answer, and just says, "Oh, by the way, these questions that you were waiting for over the past few years." Eh. They're all lies. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I actually remember watching this video where they called it the Andy Trilogy. I watched that same video. Yes. It was a great video. Like, and it's very, this one was, it like said, like, how this movie was anti the first one. Yeah. And then the, 9th like, anti that one. It's yeah. almost, it's almost, it's not really a retcon. But at the same movie, time, it is. It, it, it doesn't retcon the content of the right. previous film. It just retcons the feel and the the trajectory the setup. that the yeah, first the film set. That, we need to have Parker go. watch that video. That way maybe he'll, 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 he'll come to the senses. So, <laughs> while it is a terrible trilogy, sequel is not a bad film. Like, it's not the best middle act either. Like, because it basically takes everything from the first one, the world building, which even though I'm, I have my mixed feelings about the world building of episode seven, it's good at least. It's decent. Yeah. And episode eight totally reverses all that. And I just don't like that. When you compare it to the sequel that Empire was right. back in 1980, Empire had this, it took the story of the original and blew it up on a much larger scale and got you to see, kind of. it got you to really throw yourself into this wide world that is Star Wars. You see the Empire at their, at their full power of the yes. Imperial fleet. And Dark then it Vader gets that big cool. jaw drop reveal <gasps> at the end, which is probably it's probably the greatest reveal in cinema the history. Star, full power. And then, I think personally, I would argue maybe that the Jurassic World trilogy is a much better legacy trilogy because each episode of that saga, Jurassic World, Jurassic World Dominion, Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World Dominion, is more respectful to the other two. Like this one, Episode Eight just spits on Episode Seven, while Jurassic World Two does not spit on Jurassic World, but it builds on and makes you even more look forward to the next one. And Episode Eight did not do that. Es- I was trying to deny the awesomeness of the prequels. Yeah. Some places. Episode Nine. First off, the good thing about it, in my personal opinion, it was an amazing visual job. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. And I thought the nature of evil was very well manifested in Darth Sidious, the undead emperor. That was just really good. And certain pieces of art do this, like Morgoth in the Silmarillion, mm-hmm. great representation. What just what it means to be evil, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't mean like the most evilest villain on the planet, but just Somehow. good metaphorical on just what evil looks like. Evil's disgusting. Evil is scary, and Emperor does that. <laughs> I put on here like I'm, I'm reading a book called No Mercy by Preston Gillum, and the villain Zophos is like that. He's just great at representing symbolically what the nature of evil is. And I thought the Emperor, physically, the way it looks visually, just the scariness of Exegol, the ugliness of him, just does a good job representing that. And also another amazing thing about The Rise of Skywalker is that it has some moral and spiritual truths that are very, like, good allegorical lessons to learn. Like, as a Christian, I love to look into movies and find what some might call, like, the truth and beauty in it, you know? And how it's symbolic of life in this chaotic planet. Lauder, Lord of the Rings, is amazing at that. Which, if the Lord of the Rings show butchers that and doesn't have any of that in there... We'll be having another episode of oh, this. Yes. <laughs> what were you saying? Oh, dear. Okay, kind of like how the fact that... Um, well, when Ben came back to the light, it's kind of like, hey... Yeah, 
you even the evil people always, can turn good. You can always come back. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that's good in Star Wars. And I like that. Okay, and as for the bad, this film is the reckoning of having little direction at the beginning of the trilogy. Because of them kicking Lucas off and getting rid of his outline, they had to start on their own. They did not know where they were going. If the creators knew that the Emperor would return in Episode Nine before they made Episode Seven, then they would have added that movement into the story. But instead, they're in a a little bit of a hole after Episode Eight, and they're like, I have an idea. Let's bring back the Emperor. (laughs) Like, kind of like, kind of like, yeah. Ooh, we screwed up. Yeah, we screwed up. Who's going to save us? The Emperor. And they also <laughs> butchered, in my opinion, Poe, Finn, the two new girls. Like, these characters, they just, we didn't get to know them better. Whose names we don't know. I know. What, are, what are those names? We don't Zori know Bliss. their names. Zori Bliss. Zori Bliss and Jan. And I'm sure they're great actresses. I'm sure that they have great stories, but they just didn't explain it too well. Parker knew because he liked they, Parker did like <laughs> it. It made the, it made the plot very crowded. So the last thing that I will rant and praise about the sequels, as a whole, I did not like how they got rid of George Lucas. I mean, this means they got rid of the visionary behind Star Wars, and I would rather have them made a trilogy that many would call crappy by him, because people would have hated a lot of what he did. I mean, he's going to talk about the will and the midichlorians, and that's like, people get sensitive when they talk about midichlorians, like, no. Solo would have been canon then. Well, actually, there would have been moments from Solo in it. But they scrapped him and put good. him in Solo instead. But there are the good parts of Solo. <laughs> but I'd Darth Maul rather... Returns. Yes, I'd rather... Somehow, Darth Maul is returned. Yes. They explained that in the Clone Wars, which would have led to that they, episode. They nine. did, but it's like... It doesn't make very Darth much Maul sense. Because Darth Maul would have been... literally chopped in half. Darth Maul would have been in Lucas' <laughs> <laughs> He must have had some revenge. Revenge! Yes! Revenge for the will to live. I was trying to say it, but... So, like, I would much rather them have made a trilogy many would call crappy by George Lucas, though I probably would not have called it crappy, versus an Ed trilogy made by someone who just legally has the authority to make it, you know? Not to mention, they all three had different ideas on where they wanted to go. Like, they just has, uh, you know, passing a baton. And who, had no who, brings, who brings the director of the first film in the trilogy back for the last movie? Right. And not the middle chapter. Yeah. yeah. It's, if they had one very... mind behind it all, even if it wasn't Lucas's mind, at least it would have been coherent. Yeah. Right. Like I said, Zack Snyder is good at that, I think. I've only seen his trilogy of Justice League stuff, and it's awesome it's with gold. that. It's not okay. technically a trilogy yet. It's either. not. <laughs> no. He said he wanted it to be a five-part trilogy. I don't understand <laughs> the logic behind that, but that's cool. So that is uh, my personal takes on the sequels. But, I mean, yeah. I like him a lot, but at the same time, there's those flaws. Okay, rant, rant done. That's a that's a fair that's a fair. Was that a fair assessment? It was a very fair assessment. You're, but in your it, mind. it has it has patched and written all of it. <laughs> really, like, it, it does. It, does. Okay, it really cool. sounds like something that you. A lot of the some of the things that you say, like you, you've mentioned them before, but you oh, really cool. you really laid them out. I can't wait to see the Garrett treatment. Adam, what about you, though? What did you think of the sequels? Let's hear some Heldenbrain Hour. Let's see. Heldenbrain Hour. What hour? hour. Heldenbrain Adam Heldenbrain Hour. Heldenbrain hour. hour. <laughs> episode, episode 7 was okay. Episode, as I said, episode 8 was boo. Was boo? Yeah. Man, 
I mean, yeah, there are many. There are many who would agree with you, Adam. But also many who would are you saying Adam's a toxic hater <laughs> fan? Of, like, yeah, I wouldn't call him a toxic hater yet. Yeah, he, he has to. He has to go into a little more detail as to why for me to really, really label. <laughs> and what about episode? It's more nine? than I thought. Episode eight it didn't answer. Well, it answered too many. Well, not doing enough. Yeah, to, it, it, you know it answered I mean. them, but in the wrong way. Yeah, like there should have been more. It's it like just, it just kind of like felt like. Filler, I don't know, kind of. It almost felt like it didn't progress the story. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, and also with the whole reveal, like, we're, for two years we're thinking, who's Ray's parents? For two years we're thinking, who's Snoke? How'd the first door come about? It's like Ryan Johnson just like took and then, that then they, then and broke it in front of us. It's like, they said, they said, matter. and then they said, smoke. Yeah. Goodbye, Snoke. Well, I guess we don't know who that is. Episode the question doesn't get answered. So what about episode nine? What did you think of that? Remember how we went to IMAX to see that yeah, together? I, that one I felt... <laughs> it was boss. It really was boss. It, I, I did enjoy that one. You did? Know. Good. Good, good. And it was... It, I don't know. Some... Do you think George Lucas should have made it? There's a right answer to this. Yes, I feel like <laughs> I am. I am. Honestly, I so do. So you would take the midi chlorians. You over would take the chlorians. You would take the midi chlorians over Ben Swallow. You would take the microbiome. <laughs> now, when you put it that way, over Ben Swallow. <laughs> as long as, as long as, it depends. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Lucas would have brought us, you know, ben someone Swallow. else in there. Swallow. <laughs> Has there ever been a shirtless like, guy in Star Wars? Okay. Okay. Other, other than in episode six with that guy who takes care of the Rancor. <laughs> but, like, is there <laughs> any other yeah. shirtless um, Luke is shirtless in episode five. After he he gets, yeah, he is. After oh, yeah, he he's mauled the, by the he's ice tank. in the prequels, briefly. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But, I mean, Ben Swallow is the meme machine. No, those are meme machines. Anything well, else? I, I was thinking of, well, you know we love our Legos. We do love our Legos. And I just, I've always had this joke. Big fig mini Ben Swallow. Yeah, we, we need. We need I would that. love that big yeah. fig to be Ben Swallow. It, it needs to be a collectible. Release, and don't be a comic. I really don't know if George Lucas's sequel trilogy, which there's a great video by the guy who made Star Wars theory. You know the Star Wars theories. They made that cool Darth Vader short film. Oh yeah. So he has a cool video. Just came out like a year ago. I watched it in preparation for this episode, where he outlines almost all the, the stuff that George Lucas talked about for his sequels, and it's so epic. In fact, it even lines up a little more with Mando in setting, perhaps, which was cool. Mm-hmm. I, I'm passionate about. I want to figure out what those what was in George Lucas's sequels. Oh wait, Disney did ruin Star Wars. They did. Would you go that far, Adam? They uncanonized Starkiller, but they made Starkiller Bay. They did. Oh, that's right. You're right. They did <laughs> retcon the prequel. The, I mean, not the prequels. They wish. They ret- they did not. They they retconned and got rid of the legends, which was all the books, the expanded universe. That was all the books, video games that came out. In Star Wars is runtime. And those and Legends has a very, very strong fan base. It does. And a big lore. Like it's a niche fan base, but it's a very strong fan base. Now, granted, Lucas might have done the same really because he would have had to retcon the stuff that comes after yeah. Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. in the books if he made his. But a lot of isn't a lot of legends like before pre Empire. But there is a lot of after, like the Thrawn right. trilogy. Oh which is big. I forgot about yeah. the Thrawn Every, trilogy, people yeah. love Thrawn trilogy. I think uh, chronologically, the last story that takes place is like a hundred something years after episode six. Dang. Anything else Adam, as a whole? Like about the trilogy. Yeah, I. I what do, was your I What was your single film. What was your single favorite moment? Yes. Of the trilogy? And least. Um, 
Or just single favorite movie. Which one's the best of the three, in your opinion? <laughs> or if you're of the... There is a wrong answer to that. If, you, if, you, if someone told you today, if someone okay. told you today, tonight you must watch one sequel trilogy movie. And you had to choose the one that. It's in between the first one or the last one, probably the last one. Okay, Rise of Skywalker. There you go. Interesting. That's a win for Parker. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> we're we're over here making tally marks for every good thing said about Rise of Skywalker <laughs> to Parker's credit. <laughs> and then Parker goes, Parker, we love you. It, it's just it's, we have we have our mixed feelings, but we're looking forward to seeing what you have to say about it. It's honestly not that I hate it. I just. I think it could have been better. Some tell me you really just like look, making fun of Parker. <laughs> that's probably I, I think that's why Adam is I'm here. Like, that, I, I'm sure you actually <laughs> like the movie. You I just feel like, like this is a big chance to make fun of Parker a little bit. You just take you just take <laughs> it for the kill. You just like you see the opportunity. So he's just waiting to roast me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. He's hey, waiting for we're, the opportunity. We're, we're, we're looking forward though to roasting him about Solo. <laughs> it's mutual. It's mutual. True. It's a mutual roasting. It's a mutual roasting. Yes. What if kinda, we? What if we? Like... What if we interviewed the actor who plays Owen? And we made him <laughs> roasting. <laughs> we read him stuff that he had to roast us with. <laughs> That's, That's a genius. Idea. That's literally why I was going over the course like a go. Like you did his parents. <laughs> like you. <laughs> like you trained his father. Sweet. <laughs> just lean over your corner to that exact thing. Well, Adam, <laughs> thank you for sharing your thoughts on the sequel trilogy. I assume you'd say it's the worst of the trilogy, uh, of the Star Wars oh, saga. Well, yes. I would have most to agree. I, I think we would all agree, though, it is the worst. <laughs> As I stare into part of your soul, like, trilogy, oh, most least, definitely. The least favorite of the Star Wars saga. The least favorite. Oh, of the, the least favorite of trilogy? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> Garrett Burke. Let's hear a little bit about your thoughts on the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Well, when I woke on the 15th of December, 2015. When you got woke, 15th of December, 2015. I, I, I got <laughs> <laughs> <You> woke. <laughs> woke. Be awoken. <laughs> I dangled it out there, and you latched onto it. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I Are you... Yeah. I, I wondered to myself about this sequel trilogy if, you know, if it was going to be any good at all without Lucas's direct involvement, um, as did many people. Um, and I think that definitely there are those who would contend that Disney's trilogy more than made up for the lousy installments of the early 2000s. <laughs> what lousy Even though we love them to we death. Yeah. Yet there are also those who say that Disney cussed all over the heritage of the Skywalker family. Um, so, you know, I, I happen to believe there's a happy medium in between both sides, although I do end up on one side of the coin of the two. There is no balance. So, let, in my opinion, the sequel trilogy is a mess. It, it's a mess really from beginning to end when you consider that there was literally no cohesion to the entire project as a whole. I think that's the worst part of the entire trilogy. I would agree. Um, I think that is, that is one of at least. At least they were able parts. to finish it. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. they were barely <laughs> able to finish I mean, they had to bring in J.J. Abrams. Imagine if they canceled that. Oh, episode. man. Disgracing the saga. <laughs> that would so be bad. That would stink. Mm. 
that would but hey, they made money, and in in the end, that's all that matters to I Disney. Know. So, you know, so well, as long Star as they Wars has <laughs> for yeah. money, yeah, and we'll pop, we'll buy our tickets. We would. They can make an episode ten today. <laughs> we would. We buy our tickets. We would. We would. We would. <laughs> Even after all we did. <laughs> I know. I'm now I'm just okay. I imagine something really stupid. This and I imagine. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> now, now, now that I think about it, though, if John Williams wasn't scoring episode 10, I may not go to see it. Oh, <laughs> he put in earplugs. I mean, yeah. it may not even be considered I mean, canon. If you hated Book of Boba Fett, admit it. They made a season two, you'd watch it. Oh, yeah. Like, you I know, like, like, yeah. I'm not saying none of us here hate it or anything. I'll have to rewatch it again. But anyway, besides the point, go back. So, so Force Awakens, it, it was a nostalgia flick. Um, it appealed to almost every faction of the Star Wars fan base. Don't lie to yourself. At, launch, the prequel, at launch. Um, but then, of course, they realized, wait a minute, this plot is literally copy and paste from 1977. That ruined it for a lot of people, including myself to some degree. Um, it's still an enjoyable movie to watch, and honestly, it's the best movie. It's the best Star Wars movie of the trilogy. Um, because it's a copy paste and plot. A great plot from yeah, episode same four. recipe. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great recipe. Yeah. <laughs> if it ain't broke, right? Don't fix yeah. it. Don't, don't fix it. Ryan You can fix Garrett. He's wow. wrong. So I, I, I agree with the previous comments, particularly what Paxton said about, you know, providing the spirit of hype and youthfulness. And, you know, it does appeal to that. Um, and I do not lay my entire distaste for the trilogy at this film's feet. Um, the Last Jedi, however, Boo. was the exact opposite of what Force Awakens was. It was anything but expected. Anti. Yeah. It dropped some bombs on us, all in hopes that we would become enamored by the political correctness and the visual effects that were littered throughout the film. Um, so you didn't get. I mean, we can all agree. Now, I'm going to get into some specific details here. Um, Number one, Phil Finn should have been killed off. Luke should have actually come back in the end and not this force projection weird thing. He should have actually speaking to C-3PO. I mean... Speaking? 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 Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. wow. He should have actually thing. spoken... I mean, Mark Hamill had to fight <laughs> for even the, the shot of him acknowledging C-3PO's presence. Listen, Master Snoke. <laughs> Garrett kind of reminds me of C-3PO sometimes, not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard those same thoughts about he, he, that Brian Johnson wasn't even going to make them talk. Mark Hamill does yeah. not like the movie too much. Yeah, he seems I understand. To have come around a little, and but he the was one way this video pointed out, I was watching by Star Wars Theory that outlined a lot of George Lucas's sequels, and likely you know, he's probably known Lucas's ideas, at oh, least some yeah. of them. You know, so seeing this, he's, he was very close to George over the years. Okay, um, continue. My bad. There should have been a true blue lightsaber duel. Um, Amen. Th there was not mm -hmm. a duel in Episode Eight. The only Star Wars movie. I know the only, they broke the streak. They broke the, the unspoken rule. And that was especially wrong after Seven did not give us a breakout duel. Yeah, Seven's duel was okay in scenery, but yeah. it wasn't the best. Make duel. Rogue I mean, One you know. be the one without a duel. Yeah, 
Instead, yeah. we, <laughs> we got a really satisfying lightsaber. We, we got did. Better, yeah, we got better <laughs> lightsaber action in Rogue One. We did. We did. Yeah, we did like Snoke's throne room, the lightsaber action in it. True. Just, we did, yeah. yeah. It but just no. wasn't a true blue duel, you know. There's something about a duel in Star Wars yes. that you have to have. That's why we set up for a duel. Was that's why we love our people. That's why we like Revenge of the Sith yeah, so much. Yes. Is so good. Now, the most important thing that Episode Eight got wrong was twofold. Number one, it killed off the compelling villain that was the leader Snoke. Mm-hmm. We had so great. We had answer. so many theories. I was like, I is mean, he the embodiment of the Sith? Is he from the prequel trilogy? Is he playing it? Is, is he, he playing it? That was our time. Let's be honest. That's we wanted him to I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. You reminded that was a yeah. major theory. Yeah. That was a major theory. Because, like, who could be cooler than the Emperor? The Emperor's master, Darth Plagueis. Yes. Ironic. So it was twofold. That that side, it killed Snoke off. And number two... It takes Ray absolutely nowhere. It does worse than that. You have all these questions about the strong female protagonist in Episode Seven. Mm-hmm. All these questions. They're good. They're she, she's a good. She's a good character in Episode Seven. Mm-hmm. And Eight does nothing with her. She, she just moves from one spot to another. She becomes cemented as a Mary Sue. She has as well. no development yet. As Parker so eloquently puts it, she's a Mary Sue. She can do everything. Like, she wasn't really a Mary Sue in 7. In like, we were like, it, we're like, how can she use she has the Force? She must but have, in she 8, must now have she's power. the most powerful Jedi yeah. that's ever lived. And, and, she like, had what? and she had what? Half a day of training okay, with Luke Skywalker? And she can lift the rocks. 20 rocks with one hand moved out? Like... Maybe. Yoda would have flipped over backwards. Yeah, Yoda could have done that. Maybe Disney doesn't know how the Force works. <laughs> you know, I, I have, think they I know have heard many people say that. In fact, they believe what Ray does. It's just a hand movie thingy. Yeah. I he feel something. The plot are wrong. What were you saying, Adam? I was going to say, they honestly do move around too much in, in like, the sequels. Like, they do. Yeah. They force a lot of stuff. That's, I mean, literally my next point was that... Without explanation <laughs> either. I'm, right. I'm like, yeah, I know what you're going to say. Like, the movie... In all honesty, episode eight, for the roller coaster that it was and the visually stunning moments that it gave us, some cool moments. Yeah. It I would I would dare say this. Of all of the sequel trilogy episodes, it's the one with the least rewatch value. Mm, Be- simply because it doesn't take the story very far mm-hmm. at all. All you need literally all you need to know about episode eight to get the gist of it is that Ray gets incredibly more powerful without hardly any training at all and that Snoke and Luke are both killed and apparently they kill off Phasma who they could have used a lot more yeah they made the exact same mistake Amen. with Phasma in 8 that they did in 7 and that was they don't use they her they gave her a little yeah. cool duel but v- very very little yeah. very little I mean and, off and just a nitpicky thing Leia was not killed off and I, th- I thought they had the perfect moment too in 8 8 had two yeah. perfect moments to kill some characters off and it didn't take either of them and I'll get to the Leia yeah. thing in a, in a moment. I had a, no, I had a uh, interesting thought about that that I hadn't I hadn't considered before. What if, and especially because eight came out when we were all grieving the death of Carrie Fisher, 
and they had the perfect scene to kill her off in. What if they had chosen to kill off Leia in 8 instead of Luke? Mm. And then Luke would have a chance to come back in 9 as his old self that we all wanted him to come back as and he never did in 8. They could have done some really interesting things with that. It killed Episode 8 killed who you didn't think would get killed and didn't kill who you thought, oh yeah, they, they, they would Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just so unexpected. Such an unexpected movie. So the trilogy had to end in some form or another. And after the garbage dumpster fire that 8 was, as as our boy Epic Voice Guy from Honest Trailer said, <laughs> Epic Voice Guy. J.J. Abrams was sent in to to uh, stick the landing and unfortunately the one guy. he has never seen the landing he could not stick so you know you have that and the judgment of Kathleen Kennedy to go back and get this guy to salvage it was a lapse in judgment in, in my opinion um, they said bye to Trevor I am a finale super fan you are a finale guru um, I am I am um there are few things in the film industry that I love more than a good finale. I like the total opposite. I love beginnings. I love See, like I, I, stories. I will take an, a great finale over an origin any day of the week. Um, and not every not every film series gets to have a finale. Like right, that. right. This finale, and, I think it's starting to affect me. And so Rise of Skywalker was meant to be this the finale of Star Wars. Yeah. It was meant to be the ninth episode. The finale of not only the trilogy, but the saga as people a whole. People have heard about episode 9 for 40 years already. Some mm-hmm. And what do they do? They botch it again. And they bring the Senate back, which... It was money <laughs> to get to see she Palpatine back on the big Yes. That was... It, 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 was, it, made, it made us... We love that line. <laughs> we do. <laughs> It was great to see Sheev back. Um, the, the, the crappy thing about it is they don't even tell you how. They, they did. Ever. They, did. Ever. they, they reduce it to, yeah. a, they reduce it to a line from the prequels, and pretty much that's they, it. Something, said, about, yeah, something about cloning and... You know, secrets only the Sith secrets knew. only the Sith. And none of us are Sith, so we don't what, know. Right. what did we say that one time? If he's if he's he's learned the secret. So yeah, I he guess he learned the secret, secret of Darth Plagueis. But they don't elaborate on that. Yeah. They just hint at it. Because that's, that's a huge that's a huge piece of the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, the that's the whole element that which made re- Anakin Skywalker respect that turn. for the first time in the trilogy. They actually go for the prequels. Respect for that. Yeah, yeah I mean, respect. Yeah. yeah, Like, 7 and 8 were like, what are the prequel trilogies, basically, yeah. overall? And then episode 9 is like, oh, we go way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yes, the, the Senate's resurrection, it, it was a money move, d- despite... No, no, what's it called when, when, when Congress goes back in session? After a recess. <laughs> yeah, the Senate's back after the Senate, a recess. The Senate's back after recess. Um, some other faulty decisions were made in episode 9. Um, to get really specific, not killing Chewbacca off. I was personally very prepared to see Chewbacca die in the moment that they gave him. I think it would have done wonders for Ray's character development. I think that was a missed opportunity. Um, 
allowing Ray to force heal Kylo Ren after stabbing him straight through the gut would have been nice if <laughs> Reva didn't need that. I'm sorry, last interruption. <laughs> she didn't. She did. Okay, I'm done. And Obi-Wan could have used that in Phantom Menace. Right. To really save Qui-Gon. But Obi-Wan, He's had more training. Obi-Wan forgot right? a lot of things from Phantom Menace. He did. It would have been nice if at the height of their power, the Jedi Order could have been able to heal it. But anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> the Knights of Ren were deluded to... Don't get me kind started. Of a, eye candy. Of kind, of a, kind of just an eye candy role, really. I mean, we thought they were basically fast You know, that's we, true. I forget about the Knights of Ren. See, well, exactly. Thought, yeah. We weren't supposed to forget. We weren't. I know. They were supposed to be awesome, like, cool dudes. Did they do appear more in the comics? I hear. Yeah, they do. But we don't want to read the Adam, exactly. Adam, you you bring up a very good good point. The six film arc that Lucas created and gave us. You don't have to read freaking comic books to get what's happening. You can yeah, understand yeah, it from understand. watching the chronology of the movies. As much as I love comics, that... Right. Yeah. And the sequel trilogy, it seems, from what I hear, I haven't read any of the comic books surrounding it, but it almost seems like you have to read the comics to understand what's going on. I dislike that. Bad filmmaking. Bad um, franchise. It did, as Paxton, <laughs> as Paxton realization put it. Here. As Paxton put it, they... They did in, unveil two new female characters that added very, very little to the emotional and plot stakes of the film. Um, it, and as a result, it made the film seem too busy. It was, yes. it, it was too busy introducing these new characters in the finale. They were only going to see yeah. When you're supposed to be using every waking minute of the finale, tying up loose yeah, ends, bringing epic showdowns in together, it, it was just... It's kind of like, it was, it was here's messy. something new when you're supposed to be ending it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, you know, it just wasn't the best. Copying Avengers Endgame not once, once but said twice that, it ruined it for us. <laughs> in the movie. Which, keep in mind, Avengers Endgame came out the same year, several months earlier. Not that the And was a, yeah. in my opinion, a close to perfect finale. <laughs> and Rise of Skywalker was anything but. But trying to copy Avengers Endgame twice was kind of lackluster. Finally, burying Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber in sand on the very planet that he <laughs> longed to leave oh. and hated where his mom died. Um, that was kind of a Guess terrible decision. Well, Obi-Wan did the same, but we don't blame him. And notice Anakin's <laughs> ghost was not present to give his approval. <laughs> 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 it's on saying. It's on saying. That's why. Been. <laughs> yes. You know, he actually really should have been. That yeah. could have been cool. What's that one meme? Um, and then Luke would be like, how the heck do you look younger than me? Exactly. Special yeah. editions, baby. <laughs> That's what they do. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> we could have another episode about that. Yes. We could. We could. Um, so... You know, th there were good moments in Episode Nine. I don't want to. I don't want to just harp on all the all the crappy stuff. <laughs> it, it did. It was very visually stunning. Um, a lot of it was shot on film, which is very interesting. Um, I respect that. George Lucas um, never done that. He never would have. Um, okay. He would have opted for the clarity of digital cameras, as he did with the prequels. Um, I'm, I know there are more good moments from Nine, but I'm just not catching them all of a sudden. Um, I mean, Exegol, the planet. was. Exegol was great. Yes. I, I do wish we had gotten a land battle I, I on Exegol. I think that would have been 
so epic. And that would have screamed finale. For me, it would have screamed finale. That was pretty cool. Oh, I got to finish. Dang, I still haven't finished Lego Star Wars and gone to school. Yeah, it's mm. cool. I'm, I'm sad I haven't finished it. but. So the last, the my final thoughts on the trilogy as a whole is I, I'm not a huge fan of it. They have their high moments, their moments that I enjoy um, and find to be entertaining. But it's not enough to save the plot and cohesiveness of the story. Um, it felt scattered. But then again, it already pretty much, they, yeah, it was, it was done for. Yeah, it, it felt too scattered and divided. And it, it, almost, it almost seemed like the creators were afraid to decide on a clear path to present Ooh. to the audience, which yeah. is sad. Um, so, the best way we can all approach this and come to some common ground mm-hmm. is declare them non-canon and watch <laughs> them and enjoy them whenever we feel up to it as non-canon fan fiction. That guy I mean, that had the budget. That had I mean. the, a great budget. I mean, because in the end, in the end, that's what it is. But that's not what George Lucas's Star Wars would have been. It would have been the canon conclusion of the Star you Wars know, saga. You know, we're never going to get Lucas's finale. I want the um, Wills. He's had I the Wills want... since the 40s. Or the 70s. The 40s. <laughs> when he was born. <laughs> when he was born. The, the, hard, the, the hard truth is that we are never, never going to get Lucas's. I would have paid to see Maul come back. Like, that would be yeah. I would have paid good Ray Park idea. playing it again. Oh, if they could somehow get Sam Whitworth to voice him, too. Yeah. So we're, we're never going to get Lucas's finale as much as we want it. <laughs> but we can accept episode six as the true end of Star Wars from his perspective and we can watch these movies and enjoy them for what they are and just declare them non-canon because what the heck Lucas wasn't directly involved anyway so yeah let's just mm-hmm. let's yeah. just all come to some common ground here and put this to rest the saga was complete back in 05 when the cult classic Revenge of the Sith was released yes. and completed the circle see what I did there no, and, well, and the saga of the Skywalker family space opera mm-hmm. by circle they completed the circle what circle? Episode three f- completed the circle of the complete trilogy. Oh. I'll have to think about that one. I'll have to think about that. One. <laughs> I know our listeners got it. Uh, apologies for these, for these uncultured people that I'm doing this episode with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's that is my case, and I will I will now rest it, and um, I will try very, very very hard not to say a word during Parker's dissertation. <laughs> that's a very very oh, good on. way to do it, Garrett. Really and for those of you who want to hear more of my thoughts, <laughs> yes. where I get more specific and brutally honest, we are going to post my dissertation, um, not dissertation, my essay called Far Away, which is, which is an intimate critique of the Skywalker saga on our socials. Yes. And I strongly suggest that you go on there and read it because you know it. I, uh, I pretty much lay out all of my thoughts for all nine movies in order. So. so. Thank you, Garrett. Yes, that, that was very much a Garrett way of doing it. It really was. And it was good. That was very good. Before I get to Parker, one last little thing to say about the sequel. <laughs> and that we're not is, ever going to let Parker talk, are we? No, this is an hour-long episode. <laughs> you're we're going to make sure you're going to have five right? minutes to talk. I'm kidding. We'll let you take your time. We're not on a time limit. But one thing about the – so none of the directors fully knew the story, so to speak. Like, the vision sequences, that's supposed to be foreboding and foreshadowing – are not like in episode seven 
he really didn't know what he was doing when he made that vision sequence when Ray touched lightsaber. And then Ryan Johnson has confirmed he did not know what he was doing when he made the sequence of Ray's vision of snapping the fingers. The mirror like, scene. That, like, he legitimately said, I left that open for the next person. I don't like that. Like, when we do vision sequences, like like, like Batman v Superman, Donald Justice, Snyder knew what that vision sequence meant, and we got to see some of it in, in That's what you League. do if you're making a TV show that's episodic. That's what you do. Mm. You leave it open for the next person to take it and pass the baton off. That's not what you do when you're trying to make a cohesive trilogy. trilogy. Like, what if every episode okay, of Mando, they started changing it up? Okay, Parker. We are not going to make. Right. But we aren't going to. Yeah, we're going to. Parker, your opinion doesn't matter apparently. Your opinion I'm matters greatly. I'm very much looking forward to this. I'm ready for my opinions. Yes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So enlighten us. In in order to put up give defense. what my well, I'm not even a defense, but to to give my thoughts, I have to go back to when I was 12 years old. <laughs> I was 12 years old, and so what are the thoughts of a 12-year-old boy in 2012, 10 years ago, who loves Star Wars, has just, you know, in the last couple, I don't remember how old I was when I saw Revenge of the Sith, so I, you know, I had seen all six episodes, and the Clone Wars had kind of happened, and I, I, it was alright, it was better than I had thought it would be at, you know, at 12, but I didn't really keep up with it. The movies were what I, they were my jam. And then I get this big news one day while I'm 12, and, and keep in mind that at 12 years old, I'm kind of thinking, is there hope that George Lucas will come back and make are, more Star are, Wars yeah, movies? Hope, you? That's what I was thinking. And then I'm like, he probably won't, and if he does, it's going to be like when I'm tw 19 years old. And um, I was even just holding out a hope that maybe, because the, the saga was being re-released in theaters in 3D, that he was doing that with the anticipation of continuing after he finished to a six, but going on to a seventh. And then I got this news that George Lucas agrees to sell Star Wars to Disney and they're gonna make an episode seven. And then uh, shortly, I think shortly thereafter they announced it was gonna be ready in 2015. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is actually happening. And at the time they said Lucas was gonna remain on board as a creative consultant. So that, that eased my nerves there and, and really, I. Like, I didn't think there was any possibility of Star Wars without George Lucas. I mean, I knew no. who and who made Star Wars. It was not 20th Century Fox or even Lucasfilm. It was George Lucas who made Star Wars, and he, he was the mind behind it. So, you know, we wait. I wait for a few years, and, you know, three years seemed like forever. But it, it, the time came. And it was December 2015. Really liked the choice to release them around Christmas time because the, the magic that was, was just kind of... The whimsy's big. Yeah, at it was better at Christmas than it would have been in summer. I agree. And uh, Solo you know, showed us that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First tally mark for roast of Solo. No, I'm just kidding. So going to theaters <laughs> with to do with like, oh, family and friends to see The Force Awakens was a huge event. Uh, and it was it's the only movie that I've been to in the Henderson local theater to this day where I've seen the little ropes up to form a line because of how crowded and how you just it just seemed like it, it was it was an event like you could have just dressed up in your best you know suit and tie because this is important um, and going to see it the first time just when you see a long time ago in galaxy far far away 
and then the opening crawl plays and it's like whoa this is this is this is amazing i can i couldn't hardly believe that it was really happening and then the move by the time the movie the credits rolled you know we've been introduced to these new characters ray finn poe uh, kylo ren we we've seen han solo chewbacca leia c-3po and r2 got a little screen time um how could I forget BB-8, of course? And none then, of us have talked about BB-8 I know. Yes. BB-8 is just... And hey, none of yes. us talked about Rose either. I mean, we people did. think she's the worst part, but she really isn't. No. She's not. Um, but then we also got to see Luke at the end, and we kind of realized, okay, this movie is building up to Luke. Luke's not going to be in it. He's just in it at the end. Um, taking off the hood in just Oscar-worthy fashion. <laughs> he should have won an Oscar. He should have. <laughs> the next movie. It was just so dramatic. So, <laughs> he should have won a raspberry for flipping it off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tell me about it. Um, but walking out of the movie theater, it was like, okay, that was that was good. I enjoyed that movie. And now I've got all these questions. I've got I've got to know you know who's Ray, where does she come from, who's her parents. Um, I've got to know uh, what's going to happen with Luke. I mean, surely he's going to come back, and it's going to be awesome. I've uh, got to know... Um, He's going to be rocking his green lightsaber yeah. from episode six. Yeah. And just, you know... And then um, uh, Snoke. My goodness. Who is he? Like we talked about earlier, we thought we just knew he was Darth Plagueis. We just knew he was. <laughs> because it only makes logical sense that the villain you're going to set up for the very last trilogy has got to be the biggest, baddest villain you've ever done. And uh, so we were, we were pretty excited. <laughs> and, um, of course... The visuals were amazing. You know, I had long, you know, I'd see movies, you know, and that were made after Revenge of the Sith as a kid, and thought, man, what if they could do Star Wars with these visuals? And then finally, we got to see it, and it was, it didn't disappoint. The visuals were good. Um, you know, Han Solo in it, if seeing Harrison Ford back, you know, in his older older age, just he's still. He still just plays the character great. Um, the Millennium Falcon being... I have more appreciation appreciation for the Millennium Falcon having seen the sequel trilogies than I ever did um, when and I was younger. Came it's and just, like, oh. That's not the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> Adam. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cheap lookalike. <laughs> but uh, I, I just... Are you done with my shit? I just... Uh, I really liked it. There were moments in 7 that I just laughed at. Uh, it, it had a lot of heart in it. Um, and it, it was good. Now, I, I did not appreciate how very, very little it, it called back to the prequel trilogy. It was a bittersweet <laughs> thing that they killed Han off because, you know, it was emotional, and that was good to add weight to the movie and everything, but it also prohibits now getting the old gang back together. And that was, that was probably a mistake in some form. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, and um, that was uh, that was tricky, but the um, uh, the twist with Kylo Ren being Han Solo's son, like I know we talk about how Seven mirrors Four's plot almost to the T, but that having a twist in there with uh, that that Kylo Ren twist, like I didn't at, at fifteen, I didn't see it coming. I it was a major bomb. I never expected cool them to take movie. the helmet off. And they set up, they just, they set, Seven was a good setup. And now that I know what Disney actually did to George Lucas behind the scenes by kicking him off um, and not using his story ideas that he had thought they would use when he sold the company 
uh, to Disney, I realized that was their first mistake, and it wasn't right for them to treat him that way because Star Wars is you know his baby. But uh, having done that, by by the end of seven, like th- they can still make a good trilogy. They can still like there's still hope to carry this thing on and make it good movies, good cinema, good story. And so we wait a couple years for The Last Jedi to come out. And I remember saying to my sister right before the opening crawl rolled, I said, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. And I was getting excited at it. Foreboding. Um, I left the theater kind of like when you get off a roller coaster that you're not sure if you liked it or not. It just kind of rocked you and riveted you. In a, it, like I didn't know what to think. Uh, what just happened? I felt like dust was everywhere. I couldn't see. Um, there were cool things in eight. Uh, the art was great, again. Um, the acting was really good, especially from Mark Hamill and Andy Serkis. One view, uh, reviewer said Adam that. Driver. And Adam One Driver. One reviewer said yeah. it's actually, he thought, the best acting in the whole saga. Maybe that's Could true. Could that be said? I don't know. Who, who said that? Or No, episode eight. The best acting in the whole saga? Yeah. The best Star Wars acting he's ever seen. I'd say that's possible, yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved the, you know, seeing Snoke up close. Um Mark Hamill does a great job acting Luke, even though the character that he was written was not the same as the character from uh, the 70s and 80s. It's not the Luke Skywalker we um, know. Ryan Johnson's a talented director. I like him as a director, but his his uh, what he's good at is turning things over on their head and changing the paradigm. Which that Knives Out see. good. And then Knives Out is a great example of that. But allowing him to do that in the saga itself of Star Wars, I think, was a mistake. He should have been hired on for a spinoff film, and it would have been a great spinoff film. We'd be raving about it to this day. But instead, they let him do something that, that it, it was too much. It would have been the off. next Rogue One. And, uh, so much better. I, I feel like... You're lying to yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. That this was, this was not the movie he should have made. And I agree earlier that the way that it, it tells it takes all those great questions we were asking coming out of the movie theater at 7 and then either gives you a poor answer to them or, uh, or tells you they don't matter was very, very bad. It was like, okay, so who's Ray? We're super excited to figure this out, and we figure out she's nobody. Okay, well, who's Snoke, and how did the First Order come to be? Well, it doesn't really cares. matter. It's not yeah. that they killed Snoke. That was the biggest problem. It was that, A, they killed him without a fight, and B, they never explained why he mattered in the first place right. or wh- how he got there and how the First Order was formed. We still really don't know. <laughs> yeah, we should have seen, uh, uh, like, for instance, a lights- there could have been two great lightsaber duels in this movie. And this, uh, this is just a thought, some thoughts on what they could have done with it. Like Luke Skywalker, I love his redemption story of him. You know, he was depressed, he was afraid. And um, I like how Yoda comes back and tells him we can learn from our failures and that doesn't define us. And he comes, he does come and do the right thing at the end of the story. But what if that happened earlier in the movie and he traveled to go after Rey to Snoke's throne room and gets in a lightsaber fight with Snoke? What if they, yeah, what if that happens? And Snoke kills Luke. What if he kills Luke? Or what if you just think he kills Luke and Luke comes back later and fights with Kylo Ren at the end of the movie? Then you've got two great lightsaber duels. what happened? Like, did Luke kill Snoke then? Because there was no lightsaber duel in eight. That's that sad. was a foul. That was a foul on their part. Big foul. Um, so they could have fixed it by giving us some payoff scenes and um, 
you know, I really like there really were some other things they could have done. You said this like in your quiet, I mean, by like you know, not on the podcast, mm-hmm. but like eight has a lot of crazy things, but no payoff at the end. Yeah, if there was the payoff at the end, we wouldn't be talking about the bad stuff. We'd be like, oh, did you remember that ending? But yeah. instead, we're just like, huh, <laughs> what? So it was, yeah. yeah. And at eight, as a standalone movie. When you just watch it and you're not thinking too hard on the story of the sequel trilogy, you're just watching eight and you're kind of thinking about Star Wars from you know the original trilogy and the pre- prequels. Like it, it would have been. It, it's not a bad film, but it's a bad middle chapter to a trilogy and an even worse installment of the Skywalker saga. But as a movie, like there's things to enjoy about it, and um, you know there's there's still reason to go back and watch it. I oh think. yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it was really sad what what happened overall to the saga with eight. Um, so, but one thing I appreciated about eight, and amid all of its mistakes, is it left me thinking, oh my goodness, what in the world is going to happen in the next chapter? Like I had no idea where they were going. And oh, yeah. Some of that's bad. Like they they didn't know where they were going either. But uh, it is neat to keep people on the edge of their seat too. So with the rise of Skywalker. Oh, this is this nine. is what we're waiting we for. Because like me and Garrett, like, we've all kind of agreed that episode eight was like the worst, and we've all had a lot of similar agreements about episode seven being a photocopy. Yet at the same time, good is a good copy because based off something good, and it's good. But now it's time to the part like where all th- ever since episode nine came out, you really defended it. I have. And stood up for it whenever me and Garrett were like, and most said a lot of stuff about it. Most there are many people I know say that episode nine is the worst Star really? Wars movie. Mm. If if not the worst, the second worst. So mm. I'd love to so hear I'm looking okay. forward to this. To hear this. Okay. And I'll start it by saying Rise of Skywalker is not perfect. It's far from perfect. Yeah. I will start it off by saying that. Now um, good fall. Good fall. <laughs> now I remember getting really excited for Rise of Skywalker. And Part of that excitement was this is the end. This is what started in 1977 ends with this movie, and it's For gonna now. supposed to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> For now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Episode ten. <laughs> so uh, it's a cash it, cow. It really um, they built up the nostalgia too in the trailers, and then when they revealed that the emperor was coming back, oh. I, it was this movie couldn't come Christmas couldn't come soon enough, <laughs> and and then when they started marketing it on TV with Duel of the Fates and they were building up a lightsaber yes. duel, I was like, yes, it was it was it was so it, and it, I don't know which one I really anticipated more seven or nine because seven was the return of Star Wars and nine was the end and I I think nine gets the edge there, um, and I was really appreciative of, of of being able to look forward to it in that way. And then, of course, after seeing the movie with all of its imperfections, you know, it's not this grand finale that it should have been, but it still tries to lean in on your emotions and your heartstrings and make it like it's a send-off. The film, it, what it essentially does is it minimizes the flaws and inconsistencies of its two precursor stories by relying mainly on certain plot points of theirs while hearkening back more so to the original and prequel trilogies to fuel its narrative. Mm. That may kind of make sense. Like, 
it, it acknowledges seven happened. So Ray's, you know, she was on Jakku, kind of orphaned and all that, and we don't know who she is or where she comes from. Then it acknowledges uh, episode eight with, you know, Luke being on the island and, and uh, Kylo had told her, you know, your parents, they were nobodies. But then it, it, it doesn't really go very far into that. And instead it spends time like, okay, in the prequel trilogy you had the Jedi versus the Sith. The Emperor was behind it. Okay, in the original trilogy, you had the rebellion. Okay, so yeah, harkens the back to the other ideas. It. And by bringing the emperor back and focusing the attention on him, they're saying, "Remember all those movies you really liked." We're going to continue that story. And now we can truly say, and somehow, somehow, <laughs> and it's because he had to. Yeah. He's the true hero of the story. He's the yeah. He is. He was the. the Where would we be without the series? <laughs> So yeah, we have the I truly, I've got to say, we I truly it. appreciated that it acknowledged the prequels like it did. Um, yeah. From the even though we didn't get to see any of the Jedi past ghosts, we got to hear their voices, and that was at least something. Well, we did see Luke, um, but we did see Luke. Right, but he's not not from the prequels. You're from right. the prequels, we got to hear their voices. Now, and another what thing I appreciate about Nine, and I feel like. I really do feel like J.J. Abrams and the great screenwriter they chose, Chris Terrio, uh, they really tried to get this one right. Um, they, in fact, one of the first things they did was meet with George Lucas. The story team met with George Lucas to talk about this. And eight didn't do that. And seven, they kicked him off. <laughs> so nine finally says, we're going to go back to... You know, we're gonna go back to Dad and ask him what he would do. Dad? And I, I don't know Dad? how that meeting went. I'd love what would to you know. Done? I don't know. Use my outline. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it just was kidding. it was a good um, just kidding. It was a good move on their part. And um, so, a few things that I I really like about the movie: the lightsaber duel in it between Ray and Kylo is a good duel. It's not the best duel we've ever seen, but it's exciting. Now, Duel of the Fates should have been playing in the background, and we've been rocking out to it. It, it really should have. Instead, there's like no music and some like filler action music. What you got, John Williams, to score this this movie? Why didn't you use Duel of the Fates, it's even though you marketed the movie with it? But nevertheless, the duel was good and it was enjoyable, and the music in the movie is some of the best in Star Wars. Um, I could name several themes that they, they used that were great. Um, the movie's visual effects, the art direction, the costume design, the set design, the CGI. Uh, the, I love the blue look of everything. It just looks really pretty. Yeah. And I, it's it one of my look favorite movies. It had a very movies. cold color palette. Yeah, it did. Yeah. But I think it worked really well. Um, the, uh, I like the moment with Luke Skywalker because that's truly Luke Skywalker like we know him and we finally get to see that moment with him. I like I liked Han Solo's return. I, I felt like it was just good to see Harrison Ford again. I did and, like that. And it was kind of a, like an emotional father-son moment that they were, they were trying to go for and, and I liked it. Um, it uh, Exegol was a great idea um, to <laughs> introduce that. It looks amazing. <laughs> The music and the the appearance and the emperor, I mean, Ian McDiarmid did not disappoint as his oh, performance of the emperor. And uh, while there was still some to be desired, we like we would have loved to see him getting a lightsaber duel. His death was would very be. very cliche and and should have had more more going into that, more conflict and more feeling like oh the emperor's about to win. More of the um, Senate. 
the the um yeah yeah but he his all of like so many of his lines are just quotable like they are in episode three and episode six it's just it's hard not to enjoy when he's doing it and the sound the way they mixed the sound like we went to see it in IMAX uh, and those we'll never forget that opening line when he said at last and it just boomed throughout the room and everything he said was just really it, it just you could feel it it's some of the some of the best sound design in any movie I've ever seen or heard um, and uh, let me see so I remember you saying that it you think it feels the most Star Wars yes. of all the sequels the way that it relies so much on George Lucas's films his prequel trilogy his original trilogy and then also like you've got you actually got a Jedi in this movie you didn't really have a Jedi in the last two. <laughs> like a fully trained Jedi who's the main protagonist. Um, and the way they're traveling to different planets. You've got some space fights. You've got uh, stormtroopers. You've got... Uh, Kylo Ren made kind of a... He made a really compelling villain the first half of the film. Um, you kind of, I kind of was like wondering, okay, is, is he going to turn good or not? Because he seems to be amping up his... You know, his viciousness. Sith, vicious, yeah, his viciousness. Savage. And... Uh, I felt like um, with the way that it, they were they were planet hopping and the planets were interesting. I felt like the planets that their their look and what was happening on the planets was you know it was just kind of interesting to me. The, the old crashed Death Star, Exegol, Agent Kloss is beautiful. Pasana, even though it was another desert, planet, <laughs> another desert. Planet. It was interesting. Like I liked the Aki Aki festival they were having. The speeder chase is, is kind of neat too. Uh, oh, when do we get to talk about the dagger? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> when are we going to do it? It was the worst part. Yeah. I'll be honest, Gary. I like the dagger theory better than what they did. About the theory of the Emperor being inside yeah. the dagger. The dagger was, that was not so the best much storytelling. But, and, um, it, it, I watched a video making fun of episode 9. And in it, notice if they had not been thrown in the sand, they never would have gotten the dagger. <laughs> Think about that. What? If they weren't thrown into the quicksand, <laughs> that part of the story would never have happened. It's a coincidence. Yeah. Just like how it's a coincidence that the dagger is somehow um, the Death Star. So a few yeah. more positive things that I do want to <laughs> say about the movie. Um, the uh, I did love the symbolism. Like we were talking about yes. some Christian symbolism. I felt Very like much. episode nine was really heavy on it with Ray's journey. Um, it was it was going from thinking I'm evil, I'm 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 afraid of what I am, to you're yes. not that anymore. You're good. You are you are you know in Christ yeah. you're made you're made holy and new you creation. have a new heart. And, yeah, um, that, it so really that, is it one felt of the like a good picture of that. In a movie and I felt I felt respects. particularly that her ending when she says race I'm Ray Skywalker. Um, it's showing there was a transition there from Ray fear Palpatine. and Ray Palpatine being, you know, evil or coming from somewhere that's evil. Yeah. But now I, I I'm, with the, I'm good. I'm new. I'm different. I do like that. I have a, a new family, and so to speak. I really um, do. That that episode nine does have some good you know, why symbolism. They like waited that. until the very end to give her her unique lightsaber was is beyond me. If she had that in the final um, duel, that, that would have been, cool. been cooler to see that done. <laughs> Now, um, a few of the a few of the cons here. It's it, it yes. truly, like I think I said this earlier. The film does rely more on emotion than logic, and even though the the feelings are really nice, that oh, this is the last Star Wars movie, and so many things from Star Wars are back. 
it does have some glaring plot holes and you know especially when you stack it up with the other two films in the series or in the in the trilogy series you know like the the reason the emperor's back is muddy um the character deaths aren't emotional which is really sad um they could have really cued in from some of some more of Colin Trevorrow's ideas because he was going to be the original director. And, uh, his idea was metal. His idea, <laughs> like his idea was pretty hardcore, and they could have taken a few ideas from that, um, especially the land battle on Coruscant. Finn was actually done justice in that. <laughs> I know um, Finn was just there. Right? Land battle on Coruscant. Um, Finn was in episode nine. Yeah. Whoa. He he fought. Like, he fought to, to stay in the movie. Right. He did. I mean, now he, I did like right. how we got. Some, uh, I, I did like how we got to see Ray, Poe, and, Finn's a good and Finn. I like to see all three of them together um, because you can tell they're they're friends and their friendship is is matters to them. And um, yeah, the the logic of the film is sad, and I think one of the biggest flaws of it is it's not long enough. It was. I think it was poorly edited, and that really shows at the end whenever they show the same shot of Ray doing the same <laughs> move on one of the Emperor's guards, and they show the same shot twice. And then there's this also part where you see the Emperor standing, standing up, up, and the very next time you yeah. see him, he's sitting down. There was never a transition to show him walking to his throne, and so you just see it. It was, it was cut up. The film could have been like a, easily another half an hour, oh, and um, they honestly probably could have fixed a lot of its problems just by giving us some time to soak so, with the characters Garrett, and add you, a few details. Would you agree with that? Do you think um, making it longer could have saved it in many respects? They, yeah, they it would have helped it a lot. I mean, I, I think there, there would undoubtedly have to be other things to, yeah. to and the change film was up, always but gonna be, yes, it would have made it better for sure. And I would say that about mo- many films. A lot of yeah. films that I don't particularly care for would be at least somewhat better if they were longer. And, and an argument can be made for nine that because of what eight did to the trilogy's trajectory, there was no way nine was going to make up for that or make it make sense. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's really not nine's fault that it doesn't make sense. It's some more right. of eight's fault and the fault of the, all the filmmakers involved that said, let's get this ball rolling before let's we know what Lucas. we're aiming for. Mm. And let's get rid of Lucas, which was, which was sad. I like to think of it kind of like, you know, the three directors, well, Colin Trevor was kicked out of the room, but the two directors are playing with a director set, you know, with all the nuts and bolts and the things you have to screw together, right? Uh, Jay Abrams makes this pretty cool thing. Then Ryan Johnson comes along. No offense, Ryan Johnson, like I said, good director, but he uses every bolt except for one, every nut except for one. So then J.J. Abrams has to come and try to make something with just this one nut left. And that's kind of like with it. Ryan and then Johnson once Abrams changed. puts it together and completes it, it's complete, and then all of a sudden it crumbles because yeah. it's was missing this bolt. Yeah, because Ryan Johnson changed yeah. it all, used it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Parker, that is a really Those cool opinion. Thoughts. May I just jump in, and, and then I'll recede. But we have not mentioned the love story of the sequels. There wasn't a love story. Um, what are you talking I, about? I was, Raylo was not real. I was rather... Roe was should have happened. I was, <laughs> maybe. I was rather really butthurt in episode nine when they finally, when all hope is gone for it, give us Raylo. 
when we should have gotten it in A, Ro- in all Ro- honesty. When you're doing a romance, you can't just wait till you the last You can't just hunky-dory it. And, oh, by the way, you know, they actually it, like each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was so... It was, it, was it was something that honestly could have been the best. It should I take that back. Now. I take that back. It could have been a very well-executed love story. And it actually could have made the love story incredibly... <laughs> incredibly instrumental in developing the two main characters of the trilogy. Yeah. It could have made that much, they could have done much better. They could have made a love story in that trilogy that could have taken it to new heights I got a question. and made everything make sense. Which one's worse? The way they did Raylo or Black Widow and Mark Ruffalo's character? Black Widow and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Black even. Widow and Hulk. Notice we didn't say Black Widow yeah, and Angel Hulk. Angel Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But, uh, oh. yeah. Now, that, that probably should have, when Ray being a Palpatine, too, should have, that that was something that could have been a major had reveal in eight instead of nine. Like, Colin yeah. Trevor was like, what if they revealed that. that before they revealed Palpatine was returning? Ooh. A Palpatine and a Skywalker. Right. Coming Ooh. together. And that then they reveal cool. he's back. Then you've got a whole... You're, you're going to get me started on all of my wishes. and so, yeah. But they, they revealed that in 9, and it was sort of... Because uh, in 9, they have this sort of chemistry that they're yeah, hinting like, oh, that by she, the way, wants, to like she wants to like him, but yeah. she doesn't want to because Yeah, oh, by the way, I love him. you. Here, let me force heal you, and then I'm going to die in the process. It was pretty selfless. So, one thing I'd like to think... So, Disney's done more than just... That they've done so much stuff for Star Wars, and I think personally, <laughs> thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're getting ready to see them try their hand at Indiana Jones. Let's hope they do a little bad. <laughs> yeah, so, so, but I think personally, I mean, there's not really too much they've done that's been utterly terrible. You know, when it comes to everything but the sequels, like Mando, Book of Boba Fett, uh, Bad Batch, so but Solo, yeah. But I will say this. I'm not that big of a fan of now Star Wars is a money machine. It's a machine. You have to have it's new content out all the time. Yeah, it's like you said, it's all a machine. From a character we don't. I know. But it's not basically like This is not money. It's one big money move. Like for Star Wars now, it's not just about telling a story. It's about money. we have to have... Money, right, yeah. Like think about it. Before these movies came out, before Disney bought it, you just had the six films. You had the comics and all that. And two Ewok Good. films that no one talks about. Mm-hmm. But and then, the like, now, now it's everywhere. Strong. Now it's yeah. always, like, oh. new stuff. New stuff all the time. Now it's been good. It's been good stuff. But, yeah. And isn't that one of the good things about Lord of the Rings? Yeah, that... We're hoping that doesn't change yeah. this fall. Better power. So, one last big question that I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts on. So, let's think of the positive for a sec. First, what is your favorite thing Disney's done with Star Wars? Like, for me, I'm going to say it's either Rogue One or Star Wars The Force Awakens. Rogue One was a masterpiece, and The Force Awakens is, like, the part of my later childhood that's so whimsical and cool. Those are my favorite things that Disney's done with Star Wars. What do y'all think? What's your favorite thing? Was it the finale of Clone Wars, which is epic? Was it Rogue like, One? Just, just Don't say it was Disney, so just, just Disney or? Disney Star Wars. What's your favorite thing Disney's done with Star Wars? Like, jokingly solo, but... You're lying. <laughs> we all know you don't really believe that, Adam. <laughs> I'm lying to myself. No one, no one truly believes that. What do you think, Adam? Um, give me a second, all. Gotcha. We'll go to Parker. What's your favorite thing? My favorite thing with Star Wars. Because mm. it's different than best thing. Not, yeah, this isn't best thing. This is fave. 
favorite thing is probably Rise of Skywalker. Probably. But I, I would have to think a little more about that. What about you, Garrett? My two favorite things are Rogue One and the Clone Wars finale. Sweet. Um, that was the good. Cl- the Clone Wars finale was so emotionally resonant. Yeah. Which shocked me for an animated show. Shocked me. It was just emotionally riveting and a great finale, which we all know I'm a finale junkie. And, of course, Rogue One is the best spinoff movie I've ever seen for anything. Yeah. So That's really good. And, and it's, just, it's just a money war movie from beginning to end. So, so I love Rogue One. What about you, Adam? Favorite thing? Um, yeah, so that... Yeah, definitely Clone Wars. Sweet. Finale. So now another question. What is the best thing Disney done with Star Wars? Like, for me, I think it was Mandalorian. Mando took the whimsy from Star Wars' original trilogy a little bit without copying it. But it made it also more mature and appealing to adults without ruining it like Transformers and making just a very inappropriate crap house. No offense, Transformers. When was Transformers ever good? Back before the Michael Bay. In the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Before the age of Bay. But so that's for me. I think that's Mando. True. I think Mando's like the ultimate thing they've done. So the best thing. The best thing. Like it, everyone loves it. Love Baby Yoda's great. It's good for newcomers and for star and, uh, older Star Wars fans alike. As I'm wearing my Baby Yoda shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, it harkens back to the prequels. It harkens to Clone Wars, to Rebels. Like I just think it's really good so far. What do you What do y'all think, Adam? What do you think is the best thing they've done? Disney or everything. Disney with Star Wars. Um. Yeah, probably, like, just everyone would probably be Mando, but for me, the best thing they've done is just, yeah, Finale Steel. <laughs> gotcha. What about y'all? What do y'all think the I, best I have, thing? I think I have to agree with you. Um, Mando is probably the best, you know, the best thing they've done. Yeah, I did. I think I have to agree now, as well. Now, we have to admit, the best thing, the best thing they've done is all the money they've made off of Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, the merch, killer. the tickets, yeah. the Disney Plus subscriptions. Yeah, <laughs> the list goes on and on. I, That's the best thing. But, would, but yes, Mando. I would say it's probably Mando, though. I haven't seen Rogue One in a while. Rogue One's and good. I may oh, change so my mind. Rogue One was nice. really good. And then a couple of shout-outs was Obi-Wan Kenobi oh, and the last oh, four yeah. episodes Kenobi. of The Clone Wars. Kenobi might Those be were great, too. Up there and I have a feeling that the what they've done with the parks is really good, too. But I've never been to the, the Star Wars stuff at the I'm Disney sure the hotel's parks, pretty cool. The, the new Star Wars stuff. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah, it's too expensive. But I know Disney does take a lot of care in what they put into They're their good parks. They're good I bet they did that with Star Wars. So real quick, lightning round. Yes. What is everyone's favorite and least favorite of the sequel trilogy? Ooh. We know what everybody's least, least favorite, favorite. is. Episode, all right. Are we all in agreement on that? Yes. yes. Okay. Episode 8 is okay. the Episode worst. Episode 8 the worst of the sequel. My favorite 7, though. This is Paxton's Okay. Favorite. Paxton's favorite 7. Adam, what you got? Uh, you, we made probably, probably 9. 9? I'm okay. going to go with 9. And I'm going to go with 9. What? So, you like 9 better than 7? As, as a Star Wars movie, I do, because Seven was just a copy. Oh. Now, Seven is a better movie. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a way better movie. I gotcha. But, yes. For, for my cup of tea, Sweet. Rise of Skywalker. And a lot of that rides on the Emperor. And that ain't much, <laughs> because Rise of Skywalker is literally 
my third least oh, seven, favorite. Eight, nine on my third bottom. least favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Which ironic, they're all the sequels. Wow. Yeah. Ironic. But, but yes. It's good good fan fiction. We'll we'll leave it at that. Cool. Well, y'all. I'm, I'm so glad it's that kinda like when it's kinda like the complete saga and the Skywalker. That's the plus three. Like yeah. Call plus it. three. Yeah. It's the yeah. complete saga plus three. You can watch them. Yeah. Really disappointing. You, know, you can enjoy but them. Also you can watch these movies and enjoy them. There is a way. I, yeah. I concede. You, you can watch these movies and enjoy them. Just please, please do not consider them canon because it throws everything out of whack. It it'll, it'll make you pull your hair out. Yeah. And like me, the, you know, I have to keep as much hair as I can, so <laughs> I try to minimize Sorry, that as much as possible. <laughs> well, y'all, I'm so glad you guys to do this. Thank you so much for listening to another exciting episode of We Love That Podcast. I'm Paxton Pritchett, along with Garrett Burke, Adam the Heldenbrand, and Parker Pritchett. So glad we got to hear the good and the bad of the ugly of the sequel trilogy. And hey, let us know what you think. On yeah, something. totally. Let us know what you think about this. Tell yeah. us what your favorite is. Like some what Facebook. your least favorite is. Yeah. And I'm waiting for that person to say the best thing that Disney did with Star Wars was that three years when they weren't doing anything while they were making <laughs> no, like, They did Rebels. They did Rebels. That's true. They the did Rebels wasn't bad. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I got to say something after this. Yes, sir. After this. Oh, or the favorite the thing that they did with Star Wars was how Solo bombed at the box office. Mm. So they realized they weren't invincible. It involves mm. yeah. Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all next time.